This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom, welcome to Asia Torah, Practical Spirituality, here in the old city of Jerusalem, overlooking the Temple Mount. Today we're discussing how to dance in the chaos. This was a request from a woman in Scandinavia, or I don't know. I'm not even sure she's Jewish. Sorry if I said that, and you are, but <laughs> I just can't remember because there's just so many people all the time in my life lately. But the um, anyway, but that's the that's the class today's dancing the chaos. So, in just to introduce the subject, there's chaos and order in everything. Chaos and order. So, for example, there's two seats per table here. She's doing the chaos thing. Okay, so she's not sitting in one of those rows. You know, she perfectly gravitated to her little chaotic seat. And but there, but the room was set up for order. Okay? This bookshelf was set up for order, and there's some chaos, and there's some order over there. And these are things that are happening everywhere. You know, like uh, your body goes into chaos if you don't use soap. You know, <laughs> you, know you gotta because the skin dies, and after a while it stinks, and you know you gotta soap it down and peel off those layers, and you know they, you, you got chaos and order in your own body going on all the time. And your body is constantly in chaos and order because you're assimilating new foods, which is totally chaotic for your body, especially when you're shocking it into different kinds of realities like sugars and stuff, you know, and meaning simple sugars like Coke or whatever that garbage is. And, they, and your body, it's sending your body into a momentary chaos, but it, it tends to make order out of things. You know, don't drink Coke when you're sleep deprived and maybe coming down with something, but as long as you're feeling strong and you only have one, your body will make order of it. The chaos and order are happening at all times. Now, if you'd like to be in business, well, you better have some order there. But if you want to fall asleep with boredom with your business, keep it that way. But if you want to actually feel excitement, you'll probably wind up expanding your business. Or you're going to wind up investing into further investments. You know, We can't help it. We're addicted to chaos. You love chaos. We all love chaos. And that's why everyone in this room wants to get married. Chaos. Think about it. Like, as a single person, you can more or less get your life under control. Get married, you can spend the rest of your life in chaos. Because two people can never get their lives under control. You know, unless they're both Darth Vader. But rarely do we get, you know, two Darth Vaders marrying each other. So you are, you are, um, you're addicted to chaos, and hence you want to marry. And then, of course... When you get married, you want to have kids, and then you start having kids. Welcome back to to chaos, like way beyond the chaos of just being married. And yet, all of us desire it. So you should know that chaos is your best friend. you got to start to dance with it. you got to dance in chaos. That's why this class is called Dancing with Chaos, because think what dancing is. What is dancing? It's total chaos. You know, can you imagine someone walked up to you while you're at, you're like at a wedding or a party, and you're like, you know, you're... Someone walks up to you and they're like, what are you doing with your body? <laughs> and you're like, I'm dancing. And they're like, stop that. What do you mean? Well, I mean, stop moving your body chaotically like that. You realize we love dancing because we love chaos. And also, tell me, what does alcohol do? More chaos or more order? Chaos. Everyone loves alcohol. I mean, I don't even trust people who don't drink alcohol. You know, so the, so chaos. We love chaos, and uh, and I mean, is there a man who would raise his hand that appreciates the speed limit 
Speed limits are suggestions. You know, they're suggestions for like the, the impaired or something. You know, and they, uh, but what they're really saying is that if you crashed at that speed, you may not die. I think that's what a speed limit is. So, anyway, we, we just don't like being told what to do very much. We don't, we don't like, you know, we notice every system you've ever been in, you did it your way. Every system you've ever been in, which is one of the reasons. There's a bit of a digression, but one of the reasons I I really love Judaism is that I finally met my match. Meaning, I so did everything my way. I mean, I did everything my way. Like if I went to a school that had rules, I did that my way. And if there was a class that had assignments, well, I did them my way. I did everything my way. I mean, there was nothing I could do their way. I mean, if the usher said, "Go this way, please." I went that way. He's like, sir, the, I just did everything my way. And when I met God in Jerusalem in 1991, I was like, finally, finally, there's something that's like not appropriately done my way because there's a, there's a way, there's a path. It's called halacha. Halacha means the path, the walk. There's a walk you do. That's called halacha. Now, that path is, you can walk that path the way you want to walk that path. But there's a bottom line, you know, where it's kosher or trave. You know, it's, it's either right or wrong. It's either tummy or tahor. Like, there's real distinction that's God-given. And for me, that was like, a, that was a hallelujah moment, you know. Of like, finally, a system that's worth listening to. Now, of course, I'm extremely, uh, I'm an extremely, uh, what's the term for it? The real term for it is antisocial, but that's misunderstood a lot. Antisocial is, people think it's not the friendly type. That's not me. I'm very friendly. Um, There's antisocial meaning societal structure, societal convention. Um, You call those people behind bars who are like that. They're called sociopaths. Yeah. What is a sociopath? It's me without empathy. (laughs) I have a ton of empathy. I would never do anything to harm a human being or an animal or anything. You know, I, I just, I was just like in a tent where the last thing we wanted were spiders. But I, I like, I had to save them and set them free. And I was like setting the spiders free. You know, meanwhile, we so didn't want spiders in our tent that the best thing would have been to just kill them. But I was, I was they were like dangling down on creating webs as they lowered themselves towards their victims. And I would just catch them on a little tissue and bring them <laughs> Continue on, little guy. So, so I'm like a sociopath with empathy, but I, I was, I'm born to break the systems. I, I think, you know, when, you know how we're all made of like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov? I think I missed the Yaakov and the Yitzhak part. I got the like, why don't we break dad's idols? Yeah, that'd be fun. We'll break dad's idols. And so, of course, Dad wakes up later to an entirely destroyed workshop, you know, where he makes the idols, you know. They, so I, I think I got, like, and the gene pool, somehow I got all of Abraham's genes. And uh, the Yitzchak, which is system. You guys know a little Kabbalah? Kavorah, system. So Yitzchak represents system. That's why Avraham is like, go with the flow, man. Whereas Yitzchak is like... Get, get with the program, you know, 
No flow. Isaac's not the flow guy. You see everyone interacted with him that way. Like, people didn't have an easy time with Yitzhak. And, uh, and Yaakov is obviously the balance of them all, which I somehow am not that balanced. But it was a pleasure to meet... I'm done with my digression, actually, but I'll just repeat the theme. It's a pleasure to meet a system that's God-given. Because you can, you can actually learn to live in a system. Because, you know what, when you... I don't think I danced at... With chaos, I think I, I think I was. I don't know what's beyond dancing with something. <laughs> I think I was chaos. I think I was chaos. That'd be probably the best way to put it. And and then meeting Torah got, gave me the ability to. From now on, I just dance with it. Okay, so you got the idea of chaos and order. Chaos and order clear. Which one you love? Which one you need? Order, very good. One you love is chaos. Also, the fact that you all travel to Israel. <laughs> chaos. <laughs> I mean, no matter where you go, it's chaos. You, you leave your home and you go for, away for a while somewhere, you're making your life chaos, which is the most amazing thing. And it will help you grow more than anything else because chaos is where things grow. It's how a business grows. You create chaos. You expand. So the fact that you're all here is chaos. The fact that you came to this class... I mean, I don't know if some of you probably don't even know who I am, so you don't know what you're doing here. But the, uh, those who know where, who I am know I'm going to shake things up. That's what I do. I shake things up. I mean, I, you know what? I just realized I haven't run my English seminar in nine months in Israel. And it's today. And I have invites. And I would have totally forgotten. But, but this seminar, The Possible You... This whole seminar, the possibility is just there to like shake you up. It's to take the, you know, you know, the snow, uh, what do you, no, the snow thing where the snow, you know, it's just, you know, it's like a little figurine in there and you shake it. Yeah, yeah. So your life is a snow globe. And I actually guide people to shake their snow globes in the possible you and then just see where it all falls. But it's not random where it falls. It's just that when it finally falls, you're, you become someone named Bitsalel. And Bitsalel is an amazing guy. You ever heard of the name Bitsalel? Bitsalel is the guy who built all the vessels of the temple. Wait, you just got to hop this before you go. Ready? Check this out. He's one of my dear Kabbalah students. We learned Kabbalah together. So check this out. Bitsalel... It says that God called him into action. But Salo isn't necessarily a vessel builder. He built all the vessels of the tabernacle. But he's not, he's not a born vessel builder. It's not like what he's here to do necessarily. But kind of is, though, when you look at his name. His name is Bitzel. In the in the shadow of God, that Pitsalo is in the shadow of God. What does that mean to be in the shadow of God? Well, think about shadows for a second. Like when you look at a shadow like on this board, you might make a shadow on this board. Check out how exact it is. Understand? It's like perfect accuracy wherever 
wherever my hand would be God in this case, and the shadows would be him making the vessels. Understand? He's, he's in the shadow of God, meaning, meaning just as God instructs, so do his hands move. It's like a key maker. In the, you know, when you get a new key and they put it in that little machine and they use your key as the, it's clamped in and then they take the, the new key and clamp it in and then they just move a little thing that grinds it away. But it's like exact. It's exact. That's B'Tzalel. And he was given a special gift called Chachma, Bina Vadas. And I'm not going into what that is right now. But he went into Chachma, Bina Vadas. He got that to, in order to be B'Tzalel in, in his work. So, anyway, that's... When I say I shake your snow globe up, my job is to snake... Snake your, your, shake your snow globe up so that when all the snow falls, you wind up being Bitsala. That you're, you're like, you're just, you're just a vessel of whatever's calling you into action. And a lot calls us into action. But what happens when you get called into action? You're like, I don't know if that's for me. And so we're going to tie all this in with chaos, but I just wanted you to hop that one part. Got that, Kesem? Kesem Yosef? Yeah? Okay. So, anyway, so just telling the English men here that 6.30, it starts in the center of town. And I can WhatsApp you directions how to get there. I didn't tell you about this, Peter. Yeah, you got you got a you got a flyer. They accidentally printed the March seminar in February. Anyway, if you're if you're in Israel and I'm running this, like this is the first time in nine months, and the next one might be in, in like never because I run it for Israelis. This is Israel. It's in Hebrew, and I I run it in, I run it in Hebrew. So uh, in America, I run it in English. But uh, in Israel, I run it in Hebrew. So this is the, this is men's, by the way. But ladies, maybe you know a man. Maybe you know a man. Anyway, um, that's going to be at six thirty this evening. Highly suggested you show up there. And if you if you're in the A student body, which means uh, intermediate and up, you have to get permission to go. If you're in intermediate and up, uh, from Rabbi Rossman. But good luck. Yeah. What, is, what do you think the head of Asia Torah's study hall is interested in, chaos or order? Yeah. And this seminar is built for chaos. It's built for you to dance in ways you never danced before. So that you're... And you know what my job is ultimately? Which is why I feel so bad for this guy. Who Anyone who would think that a boy shouldn't be at such a seminar is that is that you're going to have hell to pay <laughs> you have hell to pay literally hell to pay if you declined roles like roles hats to wear in life because you just felt well that's like that's beyond me you know or what would they say or, or like what if it fails or, or you know like well that would be too ins- that, like that would really be an insecure you know, role to play, and or what might happen if I played that role. And then you get upstairs, and God's like, yeah, you know what would have happened? 
you would have played the role and the world would have been a better place for it because I was running the show the whole time. I only offered you the role because I want to give you the chance to play a role in this world. But you spent your whole life scared to death of your own shadow. Because you might get rejected or you might fail or, or maybe you'd feel insecure or maybe, maybe there'd be some unknowns in, thrown into the chaos equation. But everything good comes out of chaos. Everything good. Everything good. If you went to a game, like a basketball game, football game, NFL, NBA, and everything went orderly, you know, you just, like there's an interception and the refs blow a whistle because interceptions are, you know, it's wrong. It's not their turn. Okay, you intercepted it, okay. So it's third down right there. No, it's not. It's now, it's their ball. And he's running with it. And, and now the game's been thrown into chaos. And all those men betting, which is like most of them, are now about to lose their shirts in the middle of this interception. And they're all like, no! And then there's another half of the men, because they set the odds, so half are going to go for each team. And they're just going, yes! And why are they betting? Because they love... Chaos. I just asked a, a better who's already been through the whole, what's called Gammonon. You know what Gammonon? Gamblers Anonymous. So I met a man who'd been through all the Gammonons, you know, and I was watching a game with him. And I was like, I just noticing he's a little too interested in what's going on there. And I finally looked over and I'm like, did you bet this game? And he gets this terribly guilty look on his face. I mean, this guy almost lost his marriage. He almost lost everything. You know, really bad. And he gets his guilty look in his face, and he looks at me and he goes, 50 bucks. <laughs> he says, but that's my limit. I never bet more than 50 bucks. I'm like, every game? I mean, this guy doesn't stop watching him. So he's like, maybe. And I, and I said, why? After everything you've been through, why? And he says, makes it more interesting. <laughs> Which is what we've been saying, is that you need chaos. You need that. You need to. You need to be able to lose something. If you don't, if you can't lose anything, you're not living. You haven't risked nothing yet. You got to be able to lose something. Order is how to make sure you lose nothing. Chaos is how you got to lose something. You may lose something. That's the spice of life. And God created it that way. Now, you'd never know that if you only deal with people called, their, their title, I think, is Minahel. Yeah, it has something to do with hell. Okay. Minahel, from hell. Yeah, if your job is Minahel, whether it's a Minahel of a warehouse or a Minahel of a factory, it means manager. Or a minha hell of a school, or a minha hell of a, you know, anything. So that guy was handpicked for order. He was handpicked for order. And by the way, what's amazing is God's, you know what God's sense of humor is? It's amazing. God's sense of humor is every orderly place that has one of these minha hells on top, whose job is to keep the order of it, they always rot. 
They always rot. They rot from inside. They all rot. Every country that that had tried to make too much order, the people revolt. Huge revolutions. Everyone's dying. It's insane. You know, because because those kind of dictators, like in Venezuela and all these other places, these and Nicaragua, they just they just tighten their grip. They don't see the writing on the wall that maybe they should like give it to the people. I've seen it in schools. I've seen it in yeshivas. I've seen it here in Asia. I've seen it. It's everywhere. You either allow chaos to percolate its way up and teach leadership a little something about the next generation that's growing up in your organization, or you just are gonna, or the whole thing will collapse because God built chaos into creation. Not only we love dancing with it, and it's the spice of life, but he'll actually introduce it in the most orderly situations. There will be chaos there. And things will rot and people will get hurt. Order is ruthless. There's no heart in order. Chaos is scary and magical. So I discuss it a lot when it comes to raising children. What time? I don't mind watching. Four or five? So I discuss this a lot when raising children that um, that you're the men of hell. <laughs> you're the guy from hell. Because you're the father, you're the guy, you're the gal from hell. Because you're the mother. Because is your mother not hell, with all her unsolicited advice every time you speak to her? And is not your father hell with his unsolicited advice every time you speak to him? You're the hell. But there's such a thing as fathering from the God perspective, which is called Melech. Melech is a name we use for God. We have many, many, many names for God, including all kinds of names of the God that runs the show but the word Melech is the one you're supposed to you're supposed to emulate while parenting because tell me how does God as king of the universe like can you breathe right now if God doesn't allow you can you move your head side to side if God doesn't allow you can you like do anything so he's clearly the king right except have you noticed that the king just allows you to make a total mess of yourself (laughs) he can just he'll just like help you ruin your life you know, you want to do something wrong? What's God's answer? All right, let me help arrange that for you. And you ever notice he arranges that as well? Like, what kind of king is this? And the answer is, it's a serious king, heavy-duty king. You can't even walk without him helping you walk. He's spinning every atom in your body. He's in full control of all reality. Order is God's middle name. But he also knows that you're not going to get anywhere if you don't push some limits and get bruised and battered by life. Because then you get to know the edge of things. You start to understand the geography. You get the map. Now you know how you can work. And I promise you, if you overprotect your kids growing up, they're going to be scared of their own shadow. Because they don't know where the edge is. And you got them so freaked out that they could get hurt here, there, and everywhere that they just never push anything. And so they never know where anything is. And so they wind up being overly ordered. It's like a well-trained dog. And they're just so scared that they, they, you don't even have to do anything for them anymore. They'll, they'll perfectly stop themselves from everything. 
Like, meaning, you've done your job. You've already done your kids in by the time they're 10 if you, if you played that game. Because your kids will self-govern from then on. And they'll amount to nothing. Kids will amount to nothing if you play that game. Because they'll never know where the edge is. So they don't know where to push. So they never know where to get, where, where to stop. And that's the work I'm doing. That's the seminar work is let's go find that edge. And let's see how our programming has stopped us. Because we're not Bitzel Kale. We're not in the cell of God. Who's like, you know, this wildly expansive king. But we're instead, we're in the shadow of our fears. Reminds me of a, there was a safety movie when we were little about buses. You remember we had safety movies when we were little? It says about the bus, you know, to keep your hands inside. So it said, don't put your hand out too far or it might wind up in somebody else's car. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm the guy with I'm the guy sitting out the sunroof, playing airplane, you know, at 70 miles per hour. And and you know, I'm not saying to do that, but that was me. And I'll tell you, in the end, you're watching me. I'm not watching you up here. You know, I'm the one that has people come to see him. <laughs> and so was Steve Jobs. He didn't make it through school very well either. Yeah, and none of the other people were the movers and shakers because the movers and shakers didn't spend too much time in the system. I left school when I was 11. My, the next classroom I was in was Asia Turret, 23 years old. This is where greatness comes from. It comes from chaos. Take some risks. Dance with it. Thank you very much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.